This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. In the early 19th century, there was a severe lack of legitimate cadavers to be used for dissecting in Edinburgh. The only legal supply for the study of corpses at the time was those that had been condemned to die and executed by law. More people were signing up for these medical classes as the number of executions began to fall. A certain doctor in Edinburgh, however, always seemed to have a good supply. He was receiving his bodies from the body snatchers turned murderers William Burke and William Hare. Let's dig into their history and their crimes in episode number 27 of the Scottish History Podcast with me, Owen Innes. William Burke was born sometime in 1792 in County Tyrone in Ireland. He and his brother Constantine had a comfortable childhood and both joined the British Army as teens. Burke was married and he and his wife moved to County Mayo. However, in 1818, Burke abandoned his wife after an argument with his father-in-law over land. Burke moved to Scotland where he became a navvy, working on the Union Canal, which ended up connecting Falkirk to Edinburgh, where coal and other materials were transported to the capital. He stayed in the village of Madiston, just outside of Falkirk, and there he met a woman called Helen, or Nellie MacDougall, and they married soon after. In November 1827, the canal works had been completed, and Burke and MacDougall moved to Tanner's Close in Edinburgh. Upon their arrival, they became hawkers, selling second-hand clothes at market, and soon after, Burke became a well-respected cobbler. Interestingly for the events that are to follow, Burke regularly attended religious meetings and was rarely seen without his Bible. Less, however, is known of William Hare's life before Edinburgh, but it is believed that he was born in County Armagh, County Derry or Newry in Ireland as well. 
He was in his 20s when he himself arrived in Scotland, and like Burke, he worked as a navvy on the Union Canal for around seven years before moving to Tanners Close in Edinburgh, just like Burke and MacDougall. Where, here, he lodged with a man called Luge, or Luke, and his wife Margaret Laird. Lug or Luge died in 1826 and it is believed Hare then married Margaret and the two ran the lodging house together. Despite these similar events, however, Burke and Hare were not to meet until 1827 when Burke and MacDougall went to work on the harvest just outside of Edinburgh in a town called Pennycook where they met and befriended Hare. Subsequently, Burke and MacDougall moved into Hare and Laird's lodging house and gained a reputation in Tanner's close part of town, also known as the Westport, for their drunken behaviour. On the 29th of November in 1827, a resident of the lodging house called Donald died in his room just prior to his quarterly pension coming through, whilst also owing Hare £4 in back rent. Hare went to his friend Burke to air his annoyance that he would now be out of pocket. However, they came up with a plan to sell Donald's body to the university. The local parish paid for a coffin for Donald's burial, but before the coffin was taken from the house, Burke and Hare removed the body, hid it under a bed and weighed the coffin, filling it with off-cut material from a local tanning shop. Once the coffin had been taken away, Burke and Hare put Donald's body into a tea chest and took it to Edinburgh University, where they asked to see Professor Munro. However, a student instead sent them to see a doctor, Robert Knox, instead. Knox agreed to pay the men £7 and 10 shillings for Donald's body, with Hare's taking £4 and 5 shillings due to the rent owed, and Burke took the rest. As the two were leaving, one of Knox's assistants told the pair that the university would be happy to take more bodies from them in the future. These words would be deadly. In January 1828, the pair killed for the first time. This time, a poor and sick lodger by the name of Joseph. Hare and Laird were concerned that an unhealthy lodger would be bad for business. So Hare and Burke plied Joseph with whiskey, and when he was passed out, Hare smothered Joseph with a pillow whilst Burke lay over Joseph's torso to stop him from struggling. This method would be undetectable to the doctors at the university. The pair returned to Knox, who this time paid them £10 for the corpse. Their next two victims were an English travelling salesman and a local female salt seller. The salesman, like Joseph, was suffocated, however, with a hand over the nose and mouth this time, rather than a pillow. But the rest is very familiar. Whiskey and suffocation, with Burke lying on top of the body to prevent movement and noise. The salt seller, called Abigail Simpson, was murdered on the 12th of February 1828. This was the only exact date provided during the trial. The method of killing was exactly the same. Burke and Hare were both paid £10 for each body of these two victims. Another woman was killed next, just by Hare this time, when his victim had passed out drunk. 
He covered her head with a very heavy mattress cover and once again £10 was paid for her body. In April of that year, Burke met two women, Mary Patterson and Janet Brown. Burke lured them back to his brother's house this time, where, after his brother had left for work, plied them both with whiskey until Patterson had passed out. At which time McDougall burst in and accused Burke of having an affair, at which point Brown ran out. And Burke and McDougall had a fight, with Burke ending up throwing a glass at McDougall's face, cutting her just above her eye. McDougall left but returned with Hare and Laird. Burke and Hare then murdered Patterson in her sleep. She was still warm when Knox handed over £8 for her body. One of Knox's assistants recognised the body and the pair told the assistant that they had bought the body from an old lady in the street and that the woman had died from drinking herself to death. Six more murders followed until the pair fell out in June when Burke and McDougall went on a trip to Falkirk to come back to find Hare wearing new clothes. Burke accused Hare of killing behind his back, which Knox inadvertently confirmed when asked if any bodies had been sold, and the pair then fought and Burke and McDougall moved into Burke's cousin's house. But the pair had reconciled by October and killed two more people, including a relative of Burke's wife, Nellie McDougall. Hare later recounted that his wife, Margaret, recommended that the pair kill McDougall. However, Hare immediately dismissed this idea. Burke and Hare's next two victims would lead them to their demise. The first was a well-known 18-year-old man called James Wilson. He was a mentally disabled man and he was a street beggar. The locals called him Daft Jamie. Their traditional methods were at play once again, however Jamie wasn't much of a drinker. When the pair went to kill Jamie, they found him to be a little bit stronger than they anticipated. However, eventually Jamie did succumb to their methods and Jamie, like the rest, was sold to Knox. But the next day, several of Knox's students claimed they recognised the body to that of Jamie's. Knox denied that it was Jamie, but upon finding out that he was missing, Knox ensured Jamie was dissected before any of his other corpses and even removed Jamie's head and feet before the dissection. Their final victim was murdered on the 31st of October in 1828. Burke met a middle-aged Irish woman called Margaret Doherty on the street and had claimed that his mother was from the same town as she was. Burke invited Doherty to his lodgings under this pretense and the two of them were joined by McDougall. There were, however, two other lodgers in the house at that time, Anne and James Gray, whom Burke paid for them to spend the night at Hare's lodging house instead. Around 9pm, though, the Greys returned briefly to retrieve some clothes where they witnessed Burke, Hare, McDougall and Laird partying with Margaret Doherty. Later that night, Doherty was murdered and placed under some straw at the foot of one of the beds in the lodging house. The next day, Anne Grey went to retrieve some stockings and found Doherty's body. Whilst on their way to report this to the police, they were stopped by McDougall, who tried and failed to bribe them with a price of £10 per week. Whilst the crime was being reported, 
Burke and Hare hurriedly took Doherty's body to Knox. Whilst the police were in the house finding Doherty's bloodied clothes under one of the beds. Burke and McDougall were taken in for questioning and the next morning the police found Doherty's body on Knox's dissecting table. Sixteen people in total were murdered by Burke and Hare before they were caught. On the 3rd of November 1828, the four were arrested on suspicion of murder. Their statements given all contradicted each other's and even their own in their initial arrests. Knox was interviewed also, however, he claimed that the men had bought the bodies from owners of other lodging houses who had lodgers die in their properties and that he knew nothing about it. Eventually, Knox faced no try. Eventually, Knox faced no charges. However, his career in Edinburgh pretty much ended here. He eventually moved to London, where he died in 1791. Knox's career in Edinburgh probably wasn't helped much by the rhyme that was now circulating around the streets. Up the close and down the stair, button Ben with Birkin hair, barks the butcher, here's the thief. Knocks the boy that buys the beef. On the 1st of December, William Burke was offered immunity for a full confession. His wife would also be exonerated. He obliged and turned King's evidence. On the 4th of December, William Burke and Nellie McDougall were charged with the murders of Mary Patterson, James Wilson and Margaret Doherty. The trial started at 10am on Christmas Eve 1828 and the following day the jury had reached their verdict. McDougall was found not proven, whilst Burke was found guilty. He was sentenced to death and public dissection. The judge also ordered that his skeleton was to be preserved for posterity to his crimes. What became of McDougall and Laird, no one knows. William Hare was last seen on the Annan Road just outside of Dumfries, where he was told by police officers to make his way south into England. William Burke was hanged on the lawn market in Edinburgh on the 28th of January 1829, in front of 25,000 spectators. His public dissection was carried out by Professor Munro on the 1st of February at Edinburgh's Old College. Tickets went on sale for between 5 and 20 shillings. The event was sold out and a small riot ended up ensuing outside the theatre with the unhappy people who missed out. They were eventually calmed when they were told that they could see the body in groups of 50 after the dissection had been completed. If you do head to Edinburgh today, you can, at Surgeon's Hall Museum in the city, you can view Burke's perfectly preserved skeleton, a book and calling card case made from Burke's flayed skin, and lastly, a note was written by Professor Munro following the dissection, which reads, This is written with the blood of William Burke, who was hanged at Edinburgh. This blood was taken from his head. So once again, folks, thank you very much for listening. I hope you, that you enjoyed this episode. If you have, uh, then please make sure to leave a review or a rating 
uh, wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast on. I would uh, uh, appreciate it greatly. Uh, if you haven't already, head over to our social media pages and give us a like or a follow. So uh, on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash Scott History Pod. Twitter is at Scott History Pod. On Instagram, that's instagram.com forward slash Scott History Pod. And you can also uh, send me an email via uh, the Gmail, which is scotthistorypod at gmail.com. If uh, you also want to support the podcast in any way to help with the running costs, etc., that would be greatly appreciated, but it is not necessary in any way. This podcast will remain free for all of you who wish to listen to it for free. Uh, But if you do wish to donate, uh, you can donate monthly via the Patreon page, which is Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Scott History Pod. And from there, you can choose to donate anything between £1 and £3 per month. Uh, And that uh, basically comes uh, to me so that we can uh, keep this podcast going with the hosting fees and things like that. I'm hoping very soon to see if we can have a website up. uh, So instead of sending you to thousands of different likes, uh, sorry, different pages, uh, I can just have everything all on one page. So a link to... Uh, you know, you basically just click on your favourite link, whether it be the website, Spotify, or whatever. Uh, the podcast should be available on most podcasting apps and podcasting websites. If it's not on your favourite one, send me an email or send me a message and I will try to get it onto that podcasting site for you. Uh, so once again, folks, thank you very, very much. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed uh, the episode midweek about Rabbi Burns as well, if you haven't heard that head over and listen to that but for this one episode number 27 we'll just wrap it up here so once again thank you very much for listening get in touch and i'll speak to you again next week Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.